Welcome to Maple Syrup Blood Money, a Riverdale podcast. I am your host, Noah Carden, and the the Reggie to my moose. Oh, that would be me, Kyle Cardi. There we go. All right. I did it. I did it. You did it. Yay. I'm the best. So uh, we are officially live now, Noah. Yes, yes, we are. It's very exciting. I, yeah, I gotta say, uh, very, very excited to see how it goes from here. Oh, it's exhilarating. Yes, it's a little, a little stressful, a little exciting, but uh, mm-hmm. but we we thank you, dear listeners, for for tuning in. Yes, yes, your interest means the world to us. It really does. Uh, so. Episode 5. Episode, What's the title for this episode? This is Chapter 5, Heart of Darkness. Oh my god. It's, oh my god. This one is a doozy. Like, this this is going to be the episode where I'm going to say it a couple times, but <laughs> just, just know at all times I am thinking, how were Cheryl and Jason not fucking... No, dude, they totally, they totally were having twincest with one another. Like, this episode is the nail in that goddamn coffin, because it it's really, so creepy. It's, oh, God. So, to, so to start ourselves off, uh, we, we get the, the classic Judd Hedalog. Judd Hedalog, the, TM. Uh, TM, TM. Uh where he starts talking about how every town has that, you know, that that spooky haunted house on the hill. And Riverdale's is Thornhill. The oh, that's, Blossoms. A, that's a good evil name. I know, it's so good. And apparently Thornhill has its own graveyard on the estate. For, like, just the Blossom family? Yeah, or apparently. Like, okay. Like I, I mean, I guess if you have that many acres, you might as well bury people there, right? Like, I'm so confused that, like, the, the level of, like, how are that many, like, super rich people in Riverdale when it seems like everybody knows each other, like, level of population? It seems really weird. Yeah, it's such a small-ass town, and it's just like, oh, yeah, by the way, there's, like, three mansions and just a bunch of rich white people yeah. and like whatever but also we have like our own like shitty part of town where you can go to i guess either buy drugs or have gay sex that's basically all they've described as the shitty part of town pretty much um but uh we get a a vision of of cheryl blossom like a like a gothic heroine um carrying a a candelabra and wearing a very flowy sort of like <laughs> nightgown, like it's. If I didn't know any better, this would be like what was it, uh, Crimson Peak? Oh, dude. Yeah. Oh, dude. Oh my God. Yeah. So she goes through this whole nightmare sequence. Yeah. I guess we could describe it as like it's a straight up nightmare. Yeah. So she she's carrying a candelabra and she walks down into like one of the rooms in her mansion and her brother's casket is there and she goes to open it and there's like claw like claw bloody claw marks on the inside of the casket and like but, he was buried alive yeah and then we see oh shit zombie jason behind her and she goes for the choke and then she wakes up 
This episode goes for a lot of like horror fakeouts to the point where like every time they do it, because I want there to be a supernatural edge so fucking bad, uh-huh. I I fall for it every time like a ponce. I'm I'm just waiting for Sabrina to show up. Like I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm a hundred percent with you. Like I just I just want. Sabrine yeah. to show. She's in, uh, I was doing a little research last night about uh, picking up some of the, the new Archie comics, and apparently she's in the new series of Archie, and she's still, like, riding around on, like, a broom being magical and stuff, so... <laughs> is this Afterlife with Archie? Uh, no, this is the, the rebooted Archie series. After they uh, finish... Oh, oh, right, like, the, the sexy youth one. Yes. Um... But there is a spinoff from Afterlife of Archie called The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina that I'm going to look into, too. So What the... F- I am so into this. Like... There's, there's also a one-shot called uh, Jughead The Hunger. Oh, my... Where Jughead is a werewolf. Oh. <laughs> I was hoping for some sort of like famine demon, but okay, I'll settle for a werewolf. We got okay. Listen, we're eventually gonna branch out into like these obscene and insane Archie comics, right? Like that's yeah, uh, that's the logical progression of this, right? We're gonna have to have something to do when the show oh, sure. is in between seasons. So and, I'm gonna go yeah, get I'll, the comics, and we'll 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 talk about those. I am 110 percent on board for that. Okay, so getting back to the episode. Um, Cheryl wakes up from her nightmare. But she doesn't wake up in her bed. She wakes up in Jason's bed, as is so lovingly pointed out by her terrible, terrible mother. Um, Who I don't think is ever seen without a wine glass in this episode. (laughs) Oh, yeah. She's, like, full-on, like, desperate housewives, but, like, minus the the sex appeal and, like, likability to a certain extent. (laughs) Because, oh my god, she's terrible. Also, Cheryl, don't sleep in his bed. What are you doing? You're a weirdo. <laughs> Apparently, this isn't, like, the first time she's been caught in Jason's bed, which is, like, there's a lot of things going on there. Um, no more sleeping in Jason's bed, is what she says. Um, and Cheryl explains that she was working on a eulogy, but uh, Penelope, her mother, is like, you're, you're not going to be speaking at Jason's memorial. You're not going to embarrass us. Uh, and humiliate us any more than you already have. Um, and so that's sort of where we wrap on there, I believe. Yeah, that's. And that's... the next scene, the next scene is, uh, I believe, because uh, I took I took pretty decent notes for the beginning of the episode. I believe it's a very sexful Archie, uh, just really pounding the bag. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, Ooh. Archie has a heavy bag in his room. Um. And I had I had a heavy bag when I was a kid, so I can't really bust on Archie too much for having a heavy bag. Did you have it in your room though? Uh, no, we had it in like uh, we had like a little air quotes gym in mm. our basement. Okay, uh, so that was where where we had it. Okay. but yeah, I guess. I mean, listen, Archie is very privileged. His house is fucking huge, so huge that he can put a goddamn heavy bag in his room. I I guess. I mean. Okay, so when I was growing up, I had the room over the garage as well, and I kind of it had like the slanted roofs and everything, mm-hmm. but it was technically like the biggest room in the house floor space wise. That's not a bad deal. Yeah, but you know, I didn't have like my own bathroom or anything. Well, I kind of did, but it wasn't like connected. Anyway, 
So Fred comes in, mm-hmm. Archie's ever delightful uh, papa, and he's basically like, uh, son, uh, I, I appreciate your, I guess, dedication to your fitness, but you're kind of keeping me awake. And Archie's like, no, dad, uh, I got to get back in shape uh, for football because the coach is going to be selecting a new captain this week, which is sort of like the C plot of this week's episode. Yes. Uh, Archie just really wants to get captain because captains take him to college uh, because captains get scholarship and at college he can study music. Yes. And I got to say, I, I really like how dedicated Archie is to his music. Yes. He's so willing to do like non-music things that most people wouldn't really consider being related even tangentially to his passion for music. Right. But he's so willing to do them specifically because he can see like the path that he should take to get to music. And I, I think that's very uh, commendable. Yeah. Um, so this, this entire episode, um, basically, like you said, sort of the, the B plot is, is Archie and his music. And it's, it's mostly the, um, the conflict between wanting to football and wanting to music. Because he likes both. Yeah. And and he says that he likes both, and he definitely does. And um, But which one he wants to devote more time to is, is sort of the, the conflict going on. So he's always kind of like, you'll get scenes of him just kind of thinking about the two and like what he wants to do and things like that. Yeah. Um, so the next scene after that, uh, is involving uh, Betty. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Betty, Jughead, and Kevin are in the the blue and gold uh, office at the school, um, where Kevin is trying to reconstruct the uh, Jason Blossom murder board. Um, murder board. And while well, Jughead is asking, you know, like why would somebody sneak in to, like, you know, steal this? What were they looking for? Things like that. Yeah. What's the angle? Um, we learned that uh, background files. Um, and like audio video recordings of like the police interviews and things like that were stolen. Um, when uh, Trev, Valerie's brother, uh, comes in to check in on uh, on Betty and see if they're still on for tomorrow. Oh, he's Valerie's brother. Yes. Oh, I did not know that this was going to get that complicated. Yes, uh, they mentioned <laughs> that, uh, and I think in episode three, uh, when Ethel. Uh, brings him to to talk about the the playbook. Um, oh, yeah. I completely missed that. Yes. Okay, this adds some nice little nuance I did not pick mm-hmm. up on. Good job, show. Uh, Betty says it's a it's a date. Um, yeah, which which to which I, everyone ribs her for. Yeah, pretty much. Um, um, she and they're like, oh, what is your mom gonna think, Betty? And then Betty drops my single favorite quote from any episode of the show ever uh-huh. she says oh my mom's out of town and i was like oh please stay out of town forever <laughs> she's out of town on a war- woman in journalism spa retreat which that feels like that feels like that's made up yeah that i that just feels like an excuse to go to the spa yeah um, but uh oh my god Oh my God! This is this is a Betty's mom free episode, everybody. It, it it is. It's great. It's enjoy it while it lasts because the next next episode isn't. <laughs> oh my God! No, it is not. Uh, um. So then we go to uh, I believe it's like a football-y sort of scene. Yeah. Uh. Well, first, uh, Betty explains that uh, her going out with Trev is just to get information, supposedly. Um, yes. since the police can't really, like, interrogate children. 
<laughs> Not like the children can. Yes. Um, and then, yes, we're, we move to uh, practice uh, with Archie, um, who's having kind of a, a hard time. Um, Coach Clayton says, uh, basically pits Reggie and Archie against each other uh, in a race for the captain's position. And um, Reggie is mean sport boy, right? That's his name name? Uh, pretty much. Um, he's He is the, the football rival for, to, to Archie. Um, I think in the comics he's he's more of like the the kind of more generalized jock rival, basically the the anti Archie. He's the guy who punched Archie in the face. Uh, yes, yes, he is. Yeah, yeah, he's mean sport boy. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's delightful that he's going to feature in this episode. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, and then we move over to Pops, which it's a daytime scene at Pops. Mm-hmm. So we we it's we're 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 finally breaking out of that perpetual twilight. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Fred Fred Andrews visits uh, Hermione Lodge, uh, who has his usual all ready for him to go. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, Fred explains that Archie's been keeping him up all week, um, and then he moves in for uh, another date with uh, Hermione. But is almost immediately shot down. Yeah, Hermione uh, has not yet told Fred that she was basically just using him. Yeah, uh, and you know they they talk about how that they're still technically married, um, even though Hiram's in jail and uh, Mary Andrews uh, is just nowhere to be seen. She is they're separated but not officially divorced yet. Um. Then uh, Veronica inquires about Betty and Trevor as they, or Trev, uh, as they, as the gang. So those two and uh, Kevin and Jughead go to meet Archie uh, in the uh, the bleachers. Uh, Kevin sarcastically says that uh, Trev is just one of Betty's contacts and there's nothing romantic going on. Veronica says, why can't a date just be a date? And then asks Archie, how's life in a PG world? Uh, and then explains that PG stands for Post Grundy. What? Too soon? Post Grundy. <laughs> oh, so glad that's over with. Uh, Veronica has just like the best shit eating smirk this entire scene. Yeah, Veronica's Veronica's got some some little like nasty ribs in this episode. I'm yeah, pretty into she's, that. She's but being sassy. We can put Veronica on the backseat for a hot minute because uh, I believe this is when my favorite character shows up. Uh, yeah, Archie just says he's focusing on football. Betty's worried that Archie is throwing himself into football to avoid his feelings. Um, but he just says that he's trying to get his life back on track. And then, uh, actually, Valerie shows up real quick. Yeah, my favorite character. Yes. I'm um, so excited for Valerie. Oh my god, I love Val. Yeah, Valerie's pretty great. Um, she says that she can help with music tutoring. Uh, she says that she knows Miss Grundy was tutoring you to <laughs> Veronica's <laughs> understatement of the year comment. That was one of my favorite lines this episode. I And like the way she like shrugs her shoulders very slightly and kind of rolls her eyes, but not really, yeah. really sells it. Like the nuance on that's really good. Yeah, and she's constantly, she's like eating fries or something like the entire time. So she'll like say like a snarky thing and then eat a fry. Uh, 
apparently there is a songwriter who is an adjunct at the local college, Carson College, um, who could be a, a really good mentor and coach for Archie um, that Val has been talking to. Um, so he says, uh, so she gives him uh, his number and uh, says that, you know, she call him soon because his spots fill up really quick. Um, and Archie is a little concerned about uh, the time split between football and music, but he's got the, the contact now so he can, he can go for it if he truly, truly desires. Uh, and then... Cheryl shows up, uh, calling the gang Sad Breakfast Club and giving them uh, all black envelopes saying that they're invitations to Jason's memorial. Yeah, it's... I mean, I can sympathize with Cheryl this episode. She's kind of nasty, and what we learn about her, like, background is no excuse to be as nasty as she is. Yeah. But darned if her family ain't nastier than she is. Oh, God. Um, Veronica, uh, after she gets a... uh, After the invitations are hands out, um, Veronica confronts Cheryl about, like, not wanting to be stuck in a mutually destructive relationship and asking if they can, you know, be friends or at least frenemies or, or something. Just not be at each other's throat. 24-7. And Cheryl invites her to uh, the equivalent of like a slumber party because she doesn't want to spend the last night before she buries her brother alone. Right. Which which is fair. So that means we're going to get to see a lot of her family this episode. Yes. We get a, a lot better sense of the, the Blossoms and their relationship with their children in this yeah. episode. Um Archie is a conflicted sad boy in the locker room and calls <laughs> uh, the um, the songwriter teacher adjunct. Um, and then when we get back from commercial break, we meet uh, one Oscar Castillo, um, who is just kind of an asshole. This guy's a dickhead. Yeah, I hate I hate musical types. Like I'm gonna just I'm gonna come out and be perfectly honest about this. <laughs> I hate musicians and the like Mm -hmm. because more often than not when i was growing up and like where i grew up they're all like this guy they're all such pretentious goddamn losers he's (laughs) like oh you need you need to do nothing but music forever and that's the only way that you can do music it's like no you dipshit you can you just need to be lucky and you can make the music however you want as long as you feel that what you're making is important like he's such Mm -hmm. a goddamn art elitist i cannot stand him i do not want to spend any time with this freaking loser yeah uh so yeah like you said um he's a, a complete dick and just kind of grills Archie about how long he's been writing, uh, what he writes, uh, how much he writes, things like that. Yeah. Um, and then we, he's basically like, if we want to do this together, you're going to have to put your music on sheet music so that way we can like edit it mm-hmm. and I can sort of teach you and we can be on the same page. Which is like, that's fine, but dude, you're a fucking loser. Yeah, you're being a, you're being a big old jerk face about it. Um, we do learn in this scene that Archie's only been writing since... The summer, which we kind of already knew, but apparently his first song was about Jason Blossom. I wonder if this is going to be important. I I do too. Like, there's so this, they, so many people seem to have been involved with Jason 
like in yeah. some way, shape, or form. That it's like, was was he just boning everybody? <laughs> I am interested to see where that shakes out. Yeah. But um, the next scene then is at the preparations for the funeral i believe right yes uh so the blossoms are guiding sheriff keller around thornhill explaining that they've invited their everyone from their list yeah their own list of suspects to the memorial to basically have everybody in the room at the same time kind of to grill them yeah um and that it's a good plan but i hate them yeah yes they're 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 kind of awful people also like what are you gonna? Do? Are you just expecting them to just confess, like in the presence of a casket? Like, what's what's going on here? What is your actual plan? I was hoping that it would be some sort of like saw-style death <laughs> trap, where like metal shutters fall around all the windows, and they're it's, like, "You're all gonna die here." Yeah, they all just everybody just gets locked in, and the house is set ablaze. Like, ah, oh, would have been amazing. But then we wouldn't have much of a TV show. Yeah. Um, we, we learned that there's apparently a lot of grudges in between the founding families of Riverdale, um, which are kind of implied a little bit later, I think, in this episode, to be mainly mm-hmm. um, the Blossoms, the Coopers, and the Lodges. Yeah. Those um, are the three big players. Uh, Cheryl overhears her, her parents' plan and is just absolutely disgusted, thinking, you know, if everybody thinks such low things of her, they must, you know, her parents are even worse. Yeah. Um, at Pops, uh, Betty is asking Trevor about Jason. Um, we learned that Jason started acting weird a few months before uh, his disappearance and death. Um, and Trev thinks it had something to do with Polly. Uh, Jason changed after Polly um, and started selling like personal personal belongings and drugs to, to get money to do something, which um, probably to leave. As we yeah. learned from uh, Cheryl in a previous episode. Yeah, he wanted out. But yeah. now now we still don't know why he wanted out. And we're starting to get closer and closer to that truth. Mm-hmm. Um, back at the Andrews household, uh, Archie and Val are writing sheet music in his room. Um, we're so cute together. Yeah, it's looking super cute together when uh, Fred Andrews comes in and is... And- <laughs> The most awkward dad moment I think we've had with Fred yet. Oh, I think he's so cute in this scene. It's super he's adorable, just like, but he's, he's so, like, embarrassed. Like, Val understands what's going on, dad understands what's going on, but Archie is still just a blockhead about it. Oh, God. He's a gosh darn blockhead, where he it's is... just like, dad is clearly like, oh, you two are going to be smooching one another? Okay, yeah. I'm going to leave this door open. <laughs> And Archie's like, okay, let's talk about my music some more. Yeah. It's like, oh, cool, Archie. I well, do appreciate that dedication I, to music, though. I think Archie does get it, like, a little bit because, like, he's kind of giving Fred, like, this dad, get out kind of look. But, I think yeah, you might be giving him too much credit. He's such a doofus <laughs> that, yeah, I would not be surprised. <laughs> doofus. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. We then cut to uh, Hal Cooper, so Betty and Polly's dad. Betty, you lied to me. You said your parents were out of town, but I guess it was only the mom. It was only so. the mom. Uh, Ugh. Great. We cut to him. Uh, he's working on a car when Betty comes up and starts asking about Polly. Um, Hal explains that Jason and Polly got into a bad argument and that Polly tried to hurt herself. And uh, that's why they locked her up. And, yeah, that's why they, they sent her away as, like, a, a preventative measure. Um 
Bede will then explain the situation to Jughead, saying that uh, they... I'm, I, I think I misread my notes. Are you, um, are you jumping ahead of yourself? Uh, no, uh, Betty explains the situation to Jughead, saying that she can't talk to Polly due to a setback after she learned of Jason's death. Um, Jughead tries to figure out why uh, Jason would sell drugs, uh, running from the parents, uh, running from drug dealers, possibly. Um, I think I just didn't put uh, where that scene... There was a scene cut in between those two. Um, That's not a big deal. Uh, why would Jason run away is like the, the, the big question on everybody's mind now. Um, and then Jughead suggests asking Jason. Betty, slightly confused, uh, asks if she means, like, doing a seance. Once again, come on, Sabrina. I want a seance. That would have been I, great, too. Yeah. Like, one of my notes for the last scene of this episode where we see, like, the phantom Jason again was, I really hope that he's actually a ghost and only Cheryl can see him. Like... <laughs> I am still holding out hope that he is actually a spirit reaching across oh, the ether. I want, I want like that, that literal like last minute swerve. And in comes Sabrina is like, "Yo, ghost and supernatural shit, y'all." Yeah, like she walks in while Cheryl's having a moment, and she's like, "Oh, damn! Look at that ghost!" <laughs> and Cheryl's like, "What?" <laughs> That's all I want in a stinger. I am waiting for that. Oh, I'm salivating. Um. Jughead then uh, suggests that, no, we need to snoop in Jason's room during the memorial because that's not kind of terrible. Um, you got to do what you got to do, Juggy. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, once again, Archie uh, is at practice and distracted. Uh, he hurts himself. Um, Reggie shows a bit of concern. Yeah, um, Reggie actually, like, mean sport boy is being kind of nice in this scene. Yeah. I give that some major respect. Like, he wants to beat Archie, but he... Where the fuck did that come from? I sorry, there was like a loud noise all of a sudden. Huh. <laughs> Completely caught me off guard. Uh, it might be my super duper loud neighbors. Um, okay. Who, if you listened to the first episode, at the very end, you could hear them screaming. <laughs> <laughs> they are the worst. Oh, I think I did hear that. Um. Oh, it's terrible. But, um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm back. I got my head back in the game, which is what Archie needs to goddamn do. Come on, High School Musical. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, he's being, he's being nice, which is respect, you know? Good job. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Archie has hurt, him, hurt his hand. Um, after practice, he's seen patching himself up uh, when Veronica sees him and uh, comes over to, to help out, saying, uh, you know, stop trying to hurt yourself, stop trying to punish yourself over the whole Miss Grundy thing. Um, you need I, to... I am never going to tire of seeing Veronica in this, like, cheerleading practice outfit. Oh, I know, Because right? those, those fucking shorts are so nice. And I am a complete creep. Please euthanize me. <laughs> but, oh, my God, Veronica, marry me. She's so cute. Oh, my God. She's so cute. My, my wife's looking at me. She's in the room right now, and she's looking very disapproving at me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so she, she patches him up, gives him a a, a, a moral or a, a a pat on the back, self esteem wise, um, and gives his hand a little a little smooch, which is super oh. cute. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my god! Oh yeah, uh, Archie brings up working with uh, Val uh, instead of on uh, football 
Um, that piques Veronica's interest yes, a little bit. She, she's a little surprised, and uh, but she says that she endorses it. Um, Archie thinks she's a little jealous, but she says she's had her seven minutes in heaven with Archie oh my Andrews. God. With the ginger stallion. The ginger stallion. Justin Ginger Lake. <laughs> Justin Ginger... God, he has the best mean nicknames. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, she, she runs along. Yeah, um, she trots off. Oh. So cute. Uh, the next scene is the professor, I think. Uh, yeah, Oscar is incredibly critical of Archie's sheet, uh, sheet music uh, and songs, calling them juvenile breakup songs, which, guess what? He's a 16-year-old. That's... He's a 15-year-old boy, dog. Yeah. Like, does this make you feel good, I yeah. guess? You fucking elitist bastard. Um, and and Oscar uh, isn't isn't really sure if he's going to be able to actually help Archie or not. Which yeah. He's like, oh, this is where we might have to part ways. Yeah. And please let that be the case because I hope we never have to see this character again. Yeah. He had two kind of worthless scenes that feel like filler. And I'm cool with taking that as a net loss if we never have to spend another scene with him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of agree. Like, he's just... His, his face just makes me look like... It makes me feel like I just ate a lemon. Yeah. <laughs> like I ate a lemon. Yeah. yeah. The actor does a great job, uh, but I don't like the character. Yeah. He's a pain. Uh, uh, dinner scene? Yes. At, at Thornhill, um, we are treated to an incredibly Thornhill. awkward dinner scene with um, Cheryl, Veronica, and the Blossoms, including uh, Rose Blossom. Uh, this entire family is scary. Like, mom is a rank A bitch, and grandma is clearly a necromancer. <laughs> She's like, some, sort of, some sort of lich. Oh, 110%. The <laughs> ring that she talks about later on is her phylactery. 100% she is a necromancer. Well, she's got, like, the, the milky cataract eye. Like, just one. So that's the eye that she uses to see through time. She's got one streak of, of like, red-ass hair. Yeah. I, I, just, I just processed what she said. <laughs> God damn I was going to go with my bit about the hair. It's not as funny as your bit. I'm done. <laughs> um... Oh my uh, god. Veronica, you know, thanks them for thanks the Blossoms for inviting her. Uh Penelope has no idea why Veronica is even here. Yeah, um, and in like a true like maybe she has like Asperger's moment. She's like, I don't know why you're here either, bitch. It's like, do you not know what social etiquette is? <laughs> etiquette is very important. Uh Veronica kind of thought that there would be uh more girls here, apparently. Um, and then, uh, when offered more maple ham, uh, Oh, it's starting. This is where we get it. Veronica says, uh, you know, you can really taste the maple, um, to which Clifford Blossom, the, the patriarch of the family, asks if Veronica knew that Riverdale was founded on the maple syrup industry. Um, oh, and the maple syrup industry is rocked with, like, Boardwalk Empire-style <laughs> steaks and peril. That's what, that's what we need. We need a prequel series about... Uh, oh my god, a period piece? Yeah. Here's the thing. I would watch that. Like, yeah. I would watch that even if it had nothing to do with Archie Comics, because... 
that just sounds like an awesome series. Like frontier settlers and like trying to build a maple syrup trade and oh my god, it sounds awesome. And then like maybe there's a Wendigo because I want I want monsters. <laughs> uh, Damn it. Uh, that the maple syrup industry is where uh, the Sweetwater River got its name, um, and that Veronica should probably ask her father about it sometime. Um, yeah, which God is a, a little hint that yeah, there's there's definitely uh, some more going on here. Um, I would say this scene gave us the name for the show. Uh, it's this scene and a scene a little bit later. I think yeah, after the like, after the memorial, we get the other half of this. The other half. We know something's afoot, but maple syrup blood money is coming into play. Oh, sh- shucks, I forgot. Catherine, uh, my wife. Uh, totally came at me with what we should have named this podcast. Uh, we should have just called it a sticky maple. Oh, right, like it was staring us in the face. Yeah, but that's also like the worst episode so far, and I don't know if I <laughs> want to talk about that. <laughs> that is also a good counterpoint. Um, when asked how uh, how Hiram is, Veronica says, uh, "Fine." Uh, Penelope says that uh, there are worse things in prison, to which Cheryl replies, like this dinner party. Good job, Cheryl. Uh, I just put in all caps, fucking awkward. This, <laughs> yeah, this whole this, scene is just so, like... Uh, this whole scene is really fraught with peril. Um, after I'm s- super worried there's going to be a skeleton. Yeah. Or, like, a maple syrup golem. Like, <laughs> I'm ready. Oh, God. Like, a crystallized maple uh-huh. syrup golem? You knew exactly the type of maple syrup. Like, it still kind of looks like amber. You yeah. knew exactly the golem I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I have an idea. Um, I'm going to stat it up. We're going to post a maple syrup golem for 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons with this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stat it up. This is not a goof. Kyle, when you edit this in the future, you best do that. Okay, give me a link. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, I'm g- we're going to do it. It's going to be great. Uh, so after some more needling about her father going to jail, Veronica says how nice it is that uh, they're getting a chance to say goodbye to Jason. Uh, Penelope says that some people already got to say goodbye to Jason while rowing him across the river to his death. Bitch. Bitch! Which, oh my god, like, this whole scene is just everybody just, like, punching each other with words. Uh, Like, it's it's just all out scrapping. Yeah, it's a real, it's a real fucking mess. Um, the next scene, however, is... Is in Pops's diner, am I mistaken? Mm-hmm. So uh, Hermione Lodge is, uh, she's cleaning the grill for some reason, which I would think that would be the job of the cook, but... That is a cook's job. Yeah. Can confirm that is the cook's job. But uh, she is interrupted uh, by the, the bell ringing on the front door. Um, when she goes to investigate, there's nobody there except for a banker's box um, that when she opens is full of a snake. Full of a snake. Because <laughs> like, it's only one. It's one really big snake. It's one big ass snake. But like this entire scene. Also kind of this entire episode. There are a lot of like. Dream like sequences in this episode. Yeah. Where it's like something is spooky. And like the camera sort of does these like push-ins while zooming out at the same time to give it this sort of like very nebulous ethereal feel and this scene is definitely one of them because like up until we learn that this scene actually happens I thought this was a dream sequence yeah 
But no, there is a, there is a snake in my bu- in my boot. I tried to combine box and boot. It came out as boot. <laughs> good job. Um, because I can. Yeah. Good job, me. Damn it. A, a boot. I blew it. A boot. Yeah, it's, there's a snake in my boot. Oh, um, but yeah, no, like uh, yeah, we, we're getting some uh, some Raimi, some Sam Raimi esque shots. With for the, sure. The pull in, pull out. The only thing we need is a little Dutch angle on it, and we'll be we'll be set. Um, oh my god! The second they do a Dutch angle in the show, I'm gonna stop watching unless the Dutch angle is immediately preceded by a Wendigo. <laughs> I swear to God, Dutch angles you can only use when there's a monster. I'm, the, the, I'm gonna make that rule. The Legend of the Riverdale Wendigo. <laughs> I will settle for a Raven Mocker, but I want a Wendigo. Actually, fuck that. I want a Raven Mocker. Wendigos are old hat. Wendigo's has got a lot of play in like 2015. So Wendigo really did have a very. We should just do a monster podcast where we talk about like the trends of monsters too. Because <laughs> Wendigo, Wendigo stocks were up within the past two years. Everyone's talking about it, like Krampus with the past five years. <laughs> and that's the name, Wendigo stocks. Um. <laughs> oh my god. It's Monster Stocks. We're going to title it as a financial podcast, but it will be about fin- like monster fun bucks. <laughs> it's going to be the best podcast ever. Oh, God. Um, um, so after this snake scene, which is real, the yeah. next scene, Noah. Oh, uh, we're, we're at the Coopers and Betty hears some uh, children laughing. Once again, another very dreamlike sequence yeah. initially. This is a, a horror scene that led into a horror scene. This also helped me to realize, to like think that the previous scene was a dream because this freaking feels like a dream too. You hear like a child laughing, like a six-year-old child, like hee hee hee. Yeah, hee, hee, yeah you hear some, uh, some stock Ghost children. Like children laughing. It's spooky. It is. It is spooky. Um. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Betty tracks down the source of the sound and calls out for Polly uh, because it sounds like a juvenile Polly, which, oh my God, which, that would have been so spooky. But it's just her dad, very drunk and very sad, watching old home movies. Yes. Um, her calling out for Polly, even though it is clearly a child laughing. Yeah. That's what made me think it was a dream, too, until yeah. it was suddenly not. Yeah, that, and like, but what if it was Polly and she had gone back in time? <laughs> I, I, see, that would be even more crazy, because I figured it was just a ghost child. Like, Polly died, <laughs> and I guess her ghost was a child. <laughs> oh, God. That's um, how that works. Uh, But yeah, so we, we, we see how, um, being sad, watching uh, home movies... Where Polly is very shy about practicing and being filmed. Um, I feel like Hal might be redeemable. I think so too. I think Hal is just kind of put in this shitty situation that he's kind of he's, he's kind of grown up with, and then Polly yeah. like them having to like commit Polly or supposedly having to commit Polly and things like that. Um, he's a bad egg, but. I feel like he's also getting pushed into a lot of stuff that he wouldn't do mm-hmm. from his wife. Yeah. Uh, because the wives in the show are much more evil than the husbands. I, I, <laughs> I really hope that we get, like, I hope Archie's mom isn't evil because I don't think Hermione's evil. I think her husband is the more evil one in that uh-huh. situation. 
I just I just want more positive uh, mothers in the yeah. show. Yeah, I think Hermione is probably has been probably the best mother so far, and even then yeah. she's done some she's done some kind of shitty things, but she's yeah. doing it mainly to keep Veronica out of like the shit. trouble. Yeah, she gains. Uh, oh, by the way, I have a new metric. Uh-huh. Uh, I was gonna bring this up in a Hermione scene towards the tail end of the episode, but I have a new metric for measuring moms on this show. Oh, God. <laughs> um, I call it. It's the GMP. Uh, and Hermione gains some serious GMP this episode. And just so you know, uh, GMP stands for good mom points. Um, <laughs> that's my new metric for measuring moms. And Hermione is the only uh, mother on the show with any amount of positive GMP. Uh, everyone else is in the negatives. Okay. So um, I will I will keep you updated on the ticker for the GMP. Okay. Well, we'll have that running along the bottom of the episode. Um, yes. You can't you can't read it, but it's there. I Just assure trust you. Us. Um, back at Thornhill, Cheryl and Veronica are lounging about in silk pajamas. Um, yeah, like really at, slinky numbers. Yeah, uh, they're looking at photos, uh, and Veronica comments on how handsome Jason was. To Cheryl's creepy reply of the handsomest, the handsomest. It's like. You are wearing slinky, like, negligee night attire, and we already assume that you banged your brother. Don't <laughs> don't say it under these auspices. Don't do that. <laughs> um, you belong in, like, a weird Japanese doujinshi. Oh, God. Uh, Veronica <laughs> asked why uh, she was invited and not uh, Cheryl's friends, Tina or Ginger. Um, the animate mannequin. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Cheryl says that because Veronica helped her out with her panic attack after the the pep rally, um, it it you know, it helped her and you know she wants to kind of repay that a little yeah, bit. She wants to pay it forward. Yeah, um, Cheryl is stressed with how public everything has been surrounding Jason's death, um, and that she wants everybody to know that Jason deserved a better family than what he got. Um, from from the way it seems, it sounds like aside from like the really gross like sticky maple stuff. Jason was actually, like, a pretty decent guy. Yeah. we. Here's the thing. We don't even know if he did do a sticky maple. Uh-huh. Uh, we just know that he was tallying, like, sex points with yes. Polly, which is gross. Yeah, like, super gross. do not think we are trying to justify that. No, definitely not. That said, he might not be a completely irredeemable monster. Right. Um... Veronica offers any help that she can um, and let Clifford and Penelope Blossom do their worst. Um, Cheryl says that they will. They'll kill her, which... Yeah, she says like it very this seriously. Really, like, sad kind of tone, like... They'll kill me. Yeah, like, she's she's kind of serious? Like... I, I buy it. Yeah. They will kill her, and Grandma will raise her from the dead. <laughs> oh, God. Um... Then we come back to Pop's Diner where uh, Fred Andrews comes back from disposing of the snake um, and asking why Hermione didn't go to the cops or uh, animal control. Um, Hermione explains that it was a message from the Southside Serpent um, and that Hiram owes them money. But uh, And then uh, Hermione doesn't want to get Fred uh, any more involved than she already has. Um, Fred looks kind of concerned. Uh, like he's thinking about something, and then we cut to um, uh, Betty and Jughead getting ready for the memorial the next day. Yeah, um, all of the next scenes sort of just lead us into the memorial. Yeah. In this scene, Jughead and Cheryl are sort of talking. Of, not Cheryl. 
Betty. Not Cheryl. Betty. They're talking about their plan to, like, go into his room mm-hmm. and search for evidence, which uh, we get a scene of later in the episode. Uh, uh, Jughead is wearing a slightly too large suit and suspenders. <laughs> which... Okay. Cool, Jughead. Just buy a belt, dude. You, you, you go. You go, Jughead. Um, Good choice. Uh, Hermione... Uh, offers Penelope her condolences at the memorial, but then Penelope uh, says that uh, she's Hermione is here just to gloat uh, and is basically a proxy for Hiram. Um, yeah, like she assumes that Hermione has come here just to be like, "Ha ha, your son died." Yeah, like Jesus Christ. I think this woman is legitimately mentally unsound. Yeah, yeah. Like I think her losing her son just kind of was like the last straw. Um, and of her psychosis. Now, now, Grandma Rose, her her maddening magic, is, is <laughs> working her way. Like her foul It's a creepy house with a lich grandma in it. Like, there's no way this this is like a good yeah, scenario ho- waiting to happen. Oh, straight up, this is like the beginning of any game of betrayal at House on the Hill yeah. or just any Call of Cthulhu campaign. They even call like, it a house on a haunted hill at one point. And here's the thing, we have already established that Cthulhu is part of the Archie universe because Sabrina, like, gets married to Cthulhu. Yes, she's the so, the sacrifice bride. bride of Cthulhu in Afterlife with Archie, so. so... So we know Cthulhu is hanging out somewhere. Yeah, like, fucking, uh, you know, Atalek Nacha is hiding under the house, like... Yeah, that's where Riley is. Yeah. Like, it's down there, not in the ocean, you dummies. Uh... In the, the parlor with the casket and everybody, um, all of the attendees, um, Archie, in. Archie, why, why are you at a funeral in your goddamn varsity jacket? In like, your Leatherman jacket. Like, why? <laughs> Leatherman. Why? Oh my god. Yeah, Archie, well, like, he also gives the mom... Uh, Jason's old jersey. Yes. Uh, they retire the number. Uh, they give it to her, and she seems very actually like humanly moved by this. But then she like caresses that boy's hair. <laughs> yes. It's like Archie like swat her hand away because, like, I was like, did she just touch his hair? And then Kevin is immediately like, did she just touch your hair? Yes. And I was like, bless up, Kevin. My my spirit animal is Kevin. I swear to God. More and more. I just, I, I, you, you're secretly Kevin. I think, I, I don't think it's a secret. (laughs) Also, uh, she says, thank you, Archibald. So I assume that's, that's Archie's full name. So like when I call Archie Archibald, that's because like, I like to take people who abbreviate their names and just, like, extend it in the most, like, posh and garrosh way possible. Mm-hmm. So when I call Archie Archibald, I'm being facetious. I don't know if that's his real name, but I guess it is. Yes. I, 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 I assume as much, which, Fred, why? Why did you do that to that boy? Frederick. Well, it's better than naming him Jughead. <laughs> um, but yeah, Kevin says his line. She just touched your hair. Kevin Kevin doesn't get a whole lot in this in this episode, but the few little bits he does is 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 perfect. Mwah. Mwah. I'm kissing, I'm doing the, the Italian chef, kissing the, the fingertips. Mwah. 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 Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, no, he's he's fantastic every time he opens his mouth. Um, and so everyone takes their seats, and um, just as we're about to begin, like the speech giving and all of that, uh, we get Cheryl's grand entrance. I think there is a jumbo jet above my house. Um. Well, real quick, we do get the scene of um, Betty notices that Clifford and Hal, so oh, right, right, Cheryl right. and Betty's yeah. fathers, are talking and having like a, a, a small argument. An angie um, talk. And then Cheryl arrives. Uh, and the CW does what the CW always does. Like, she arrives garbed completely in white with like some red highlight, which, I mean... It's kind of cute. I also think it's what she wore when they went to the river, which is kind of she shows ghastly. Up. We we see her because in an earlier scene we see her in a black like morning gown. Yeah, she we, has changed. She has changed into the all white outfit that she wore the day her and Jason went out on the river and Jason disappeared. Yeah, that is freaking ghoulish. Like, oh, what are you? What are you doing, woman? Yeah. Um, she's accompanied the only by... way a, this could be creepier... I'm sorry. The only way this could be creepier is if she was wearing the clothes he wore. Oh that God. is the oh only... And, like, she styled her hair like him. That is the only way to take this from a 10 of creepy to an 11. Yes. Um, she is accompanied by a cover of Shout by Tears for Fears. Yeah, um, like, this style of song this is what i was talking about when the cw they always goddamn do this like yeah it is so popular right now it is the musical trend in like film television and video because like look at any trailer within the past five years for like any sort of dark serious and emotional like video mm-hmm. game or or movie and musical selections and tv shows they all use like the breathy white woman remix where it's just they get a white woman who sings very breathy and like does a cover of like true colors for dark souls or like like everybody wants to rule the world for yes. that Dracula movie, and then they do it in this one. It's just I, much like Wendigos. This is the year of the breathy white woman remix. It's been this year for five years already. You know what? You know I'm what? tired I blame, of it. I blame Gears of War and the, the very very first one, the cover of Mad World that they used. Yeah, that's that that's the breathy white man trailer, and I love that that cover. I think they also use it in Donnie Darko. Yeah, but um. That was definitely what popularized it yeah, because that, like that started the trend, I think. And yeah, there's there's compilations of like trailers and commercials that use this. It is so obnoxiously popular, <laughs> yeah. and I I like them, but at the same time, I'm kind of over there's, it because now it just feels lazy. There are some some good covers, but at the same time, the reason they do it is because you don't have to pay quite as much money to play a cover you just gotta get, you get the same song and you get ooh, it sounds dark and emotional but it's just a cover and everyone knows the I, song we get it i was watching a sci-fi show that we're gonna digress for a moment um <laughs> i was watching Which a sci-fi show? show it's the one where the aliens have shown up and it's like sort of like a post-alien apocalypse is this like fallen skies it's not fallen skies there's another one Oh, um, I might not know this one. It's it's on it was on the Sci-Fi Channel and it was like set in like St. Louis or something like that. But every episode would Defiance? end with a a cover of some song 
And the one that sticks out to me is a cover of Come As You Are by Nirvana. Oh, that, I know the exact cover you're talking about. Yeah. Um, it's like... Beans, I know the girl who sings it. It's a really good cover. I really like it because the mu- musically it's very good too. Yeah, yeah but, 100%. If you if you haven't... Uh, you know, we'll post, we'll post links in the show notes. Yes. Along um, with the, the golem. So, uh, the crowd is shocked as, as Cheryl shows up in this all-white outfit. Kevin is just delighted like, yeah he he is he is having so much fun yes. all of a sudden he's just like yes, yes. uh and um, then she gives a very moving like uh what do you call these eulogies uh sort of like a, a, a eulogy a statement something along those lines yeah. um it's it's very nice it's very pretty um veronica warns her <laughs> uh, Cheryl's parents not to make this any worse than it has to be yes. <laughs> to which they back down um, um, Cheryl it's says, good uh, she last wore the dress with Jason and when she wears mm. it it feels like Jason is there with her Ugh. Ugh. creepy don't do that um, she also says that Jason was such a nice boy because they used to celebrate their birthdays on different days until one year that he demanded they had it on the same day, and she only later learned that the reason she did this, that he demanded it be on the same day, is because he knew that no one was going to come to her birthday. Yeah. And it's like, if this happened during your formative years, and you have such a fond memory of this, have you have you possibly considered being less of a raging jag? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. God damn. Live your truth, but, like, don't be a dick. Yeah. Uh, Cheryl, you know, then goes on to say that Jason protected her and that she wishes that she could have protected him, especially, um, at the river. Uh, Veronica helps console her as she cries over, uh, Jason's casket. Um, and the memorial is then kind of concluded and they move everybody to the next room for a light supper, which feels... Awkward? That's normal. Like that's normal. Is it okay? Yeah, like a light supper implies not really sitting down. Okay. Um, so it's that's it's, that's been my experience with things like that. I've uh, only like ever been to like stuff. two funerals, I think. Oh well, uh, uh, my family. Uh, like, I grew up in a kitchen, and that also sort of transferred to, like, catering events uh, and stuff like that. So, like, when someone uses light supper, that, that usually refers to, like, a little bit bigger than, like... Uh, hors d'oeuvres, but not quite like a sit-down fork and knife meal. I gotcha. Uh, for a second there, I thought you were going to say that you, your family was like a, a mortuary service. <laughs> God, no. I did, um, very briefly, I did interview uh, at a funeral home once. I did not get the job, but they were like, are you cool with dead bodies? And I was like, yeah, whatever, they're dead. <laughs> it's not but, like uh, they're getting up. Unless yeah. unless you're at Thornhill, which they might. They very well might. Yeah, I, I feel like maybe my mistake during that interview was asking, like, none of y'all are necromancers, right? <laughs> I don't think they liked that question. Uh, so we see Fred Andrews arrive a little late to pay respects. Um, and he talks to Hermione, offering her the bookkeeping job uh, to keep her out of harm's way with the south side oh. serpents yep away from um, the serpents and those little those little fat child hooligans the south side serpents <laughs> um there's clearly no ulterior motive here with uh fred bringing oh oh are you sure because when he hugs her he like smells her hair 
Well, she's a very pretty lady. I mean, no, no, <laughs> no, Noah. When you hug someone, you do not breathe deeply their hair. That is unacceptable. It's weird. I, it's in my notes. Do not smell her hair, you weirdo. <laughs> Uh, it's this, so is a, creepy. this is a very dense episode, by the way, so this might go a little long. Um, yeah. Uh, Betty and Jughead snoop around in Jason's room. <laughs> and and uh, Necromancer. The Necromancer is <laughs> The Necromancer. High, high Archdeacon. Oh, we gotta come up with like a really cool Necromancer grandma name, but for now I'll just refer to her as the Archdeacon. The Archdeacon rolls herself into the room while they're investigating. No, and no, she doesn't. She's she hiding teleports. in the corner. <laughs> because she was clearly behind the door when she turns around. Like, she's in the corner of the room looking at, like, a playset or something like that that's just in Jason's room. Oh. Was and she in the background the whole time? Because well, you don't at this see point, the door I'm swings she just... open. Uh-huh. They walk in. But the way that the door swung open, it basically it closed her. her off in, like, this weird little nook in the corner. Oh, my God. It's so yeah. creepy. And, like, they're looking around for a good, like, minute before she notices them. Like, Yeah. Oh I thought she, like, misty-stepped in. Like, she cast an incantation and teleported in in a puff of smoke. <laughs> I mean, she could have. Like, she traveled through the shadows. She just wanted to do the dramatic turnaround in her wheelchair. Um, She's so goddamn spooky. Jughead um, is, like, really freaked out and just, like, hides behind Betty. <laughs> Good looking out, Juggy. Good job. <laughs> as as she's she's talking to to uh, she starts talking to Betty, and Jughead just kind of whispers in Betty's ear, "The horror, the horror." Jughead is right. If okay, let's take some bets. If any character from this show, who is the survivor? If this suddenly becomes a horror movie, who oh. is the survivor? Who's the designated survivor? Oh God. Um, my, my money's on Jughead. Actually, no. Jughead will probably die third to last. Jughead will Jughead will make it most of the way. I I mean, I kind of have to just say Archie, just because. Yeah, that's true. My money's kind of on Betty. It'll probably be Archie and Betty. We'll, we'll get like a, a Shaun of the Dead kind of situation. Yeah, it's it's either Archie it, or Betty or Archie and Betty. We're gonna get a last boy, a I'll, last girl, or a last couple. I'll I'll tell you what. I'll next time. Well, maybe not next time, but in a in a couple episodes, I'll let you know because I'm definitely I'm planning on going and getting Afterlife with Archie soon. So I'm gonna we'll, I'm gonna see if I can uh, find them myself because I we could just talk for days about actual magic Archie. I'm yes. so excited. Um, um, so creepy grandma, I'm sorry, my mistake. The archdeacon, <laughs> uh, she confuses uh, Betty for Polly. Mm -hmm. So so she pretends. I think she knows. I think she has true sight out to at least a range of 120 feet. <laughs> um, that's what the eye grants her. <laughs> it's the eye of Vecna. <laughs> 100% that's the Eye of Ekna. We're, we're um, going real deep on the... Uh, uh, these, are, these are deep fantasy D&D &D cuts. <laughs> but um, she 
is like, oh, Polly, come over here. Let me hold your hands. Where's the ring I gave you, Polly? The oh, you're in Jason's wedding was the only thing I was looking forward to living for. But now I guess I'll just have to die sad. It's like, one, we know you're never going to die. Two, oh, my God. It's, it's the only thing she was living for because she gave Polly her phylactery. Yeah, 100%. Now she is no longer living. She is unliving now. Um, but so now we start to get these references to the ring. We learn that uh, Jason and Polly were engaged um, to be wed. And it just it just starts to go kind of buck wild. What's this ring? What's going on here? And they immediately free, flee from the Archdeacon because no one wants to hang out with the Archdeacon. <laughs> Even though she actually seemed like kind of a decent necromancer at this point. Yeah, she might no, not she's... be in the evil category. She might be like true neutral. Yeah, she's, she's pretty benign. Um, but yeah, they, they flee and she just kind of goes back to like a neutral state. She enters her, like, torpor. Yeah. Um, then we see uh, Penelope dragging Cheryl to her room. Um, and she basically threatens her to send her off to a European boarding school if one could ha- would actually take her. Yeah, um, she's just mean and yells at her and tells her she can't be a river vixen anymore. And I just hope she gets eaten by a pack of wolves. And then that pack of wolves eats Betty's mom. Yes. That's, That's all I want. A net gain for Riverdale. The yeah, wolf population uh, is back in check. And Penelope <laughs> and, and so Alice is, are gone. And the bad mom population is on the decline. Yes. Um, um, the next scene, I believe, is with uh, Betty and uh, Betty's papa. It is uh, Archie and Valerie. Oh. Oh, right, 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 right. They're, uh, they're in Pops talking about how uh, Archie is unsure of himself and about his music. Um, Valerie says that um, she hasn't time, doesn't have time to wallow in his sad boy ways with him. She's like, dog, life is hard, music is hard. You're the only one who's telling yourself you can't do music. Like, your dad isn't, this guy isn't, you are. It's your fault. Good job, Valerie. Love you. Also, I I realize that almost every scene that I skip involves Archie. Yeah. Archie is the least engaging character in his own show. He really is. He's... (sighs) I'm more excited about, like, hanging out with the Archdeacon and, like, dream sequences with snakes and ghost children than I am with Archie's, like, completely mundane problems. I don't care, Archie. Archie, (laughs) find find some sort of tome of magic and then we'll talk. I kind of just want to see all this really magical, crazy shit going going on around in Riverdale. And Archie's just completely oblivious. Yeah, just like it's, it it's never touches like, his life. Like full on Shadowrun levels of like urban fantasy, and Archie's oh, just yeah. like some schmuck walking down the street, like like Jughead finds like a cerulean encrusted dagger that can control like water or something. Like yeah. I want all of them to become like unearthed arcana heroes. <laughs> And then Archie's just like, guys, want to hear my song? It's like, sure, Archie, whatever. Archie, Archie is an unknowing bard. Oh, oh my god. He's oh just my playing god. music and he's buffing everybody, but he doesn't actually know that. He just thinks he's playing the sad boy music. Um, Even if he becomes a bard, I don't think he'll be stronger than than like the trio that is Josie and the Pussycats. Oh like no, they got they're... synergy bonuses. Um. So then we get. Uh, <laughs> 
like wait, the okay, deep cuts are real. Home, like fantasy Archie episode at some point. All right, um, hold on. I've changed my mind. The ultimate goal of this podcast is to eventually pitch to Archie Comics our Unearthed Arcana Archie series where it's just like alt-earth fantasy warrior Archie, like demon hunting. 100% this is what we have to do. Okay, okay, we can do that. We're Um, gonna do this. Betty, uh, then uh, we get a scene with Betty and Hal um, talking uh, where she asked if she knew that Polly and Jason were engaged to which Hal confirms um, but it is he uses like, the word clan in this, which is kind of <laughs> weird. Don't uh, say that. Yeah. Betty asks, they like, damaged how- our clan. It's like, okay, dog. Yeah. She asks uh, t- how to explain what is going on between him and Clifford. How explains that the Blossoms were very close to destroying the, the Cooper family, the Blossom clan, as you, as you put it. The Blossom clan attacked our clan. Uh, and we learned that great grandpa Blossom murdered great-grandpa Cooper over money. Maple syrup money. Maple syrup <gasps> Wait, I have goosebumps. Are you telling me that there's blood money involved and that there. blood money is tied to maple syrup? It is? Oh, oh, oh boy. Podcast oh name. Oh, my God. Podcast <laughs> name, maple syrup blood money. Welcome to it. It just took us five episodes to get there. <laughs> Oh, my God. Um, And so the scene more or less wraps up with uh, Papa Cooper being like, Jason made Polly sick, and she's not coming home until the sickness that's inside of her comes out. It's like, okay, like knowing what we know about this, phrasing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Phrasing. Um, Uh, The next scene is Hermione? Yes. Uh, Hermione gains Hermione the good mom points. Talk. Um, we learned that there's no love lost between the Lodges and the Blossoms either. Um, and Veronica is glad that she has a mom that tries to protect her. Um, and then Hermione comes clean about the, the whole snake, about the, um, the, the situation with the Southside Serpents. Um, and she Veronica gains good mom points. Concerned. Yeah, her GMP goes up. Uh, because she's actually being honest with her daughter, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of rare in this show. Yes. Um, and then I think we start on the Jughead log. Uh, we get a quick scene where Archie wins the captain position, but then uh, relents right. it to Reggie God saying that <laughs> I fucking skipped Archie again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a shit about your football, Archie. I don't care. <laughs> It's yeah. It's it's find so especially find this a magic episode. sword. Fuck, find a magic sword. I don't care. <laughs> it's especially uh, strong in this episode where we're getting all this stuff about like Jason and the blossoms and like all this crazy shit. And then Archie's just like, music football. Archie's Archie's arc is a narrative loop in this episode because he begins exactly where he fucking started yeah he started like the teacher's gone the professor's gone he's not the captain every archie scene could be cut out of this goddamn episode except for like the the retired number scene and archie narratively would be in the same position all you would need is a scene of him hanging out with valerie that's it 
and it would be, and we would have saved fifteen minutes on this goddamn episode. Ah, uh, yeah, you're right. You're his right. whole thing, his like, whole thing, is worthless. This episode, it's bad writing. I, yeah, I, I really feel like, like pretty much exactly what you said. I think that this episode is. The only reason Archie is there is because he's supposed to be the main character yeah, of he needs like, to the be. Riverdale universe, but he's not really doing too much right now. I mean, even in the next episode where um, Betty and Jughead go to find Polly... Uh, he's not this, important. Yeah, like he offers the help and Jughead and Betty are like, no, no, dude, you stay here. No. I think we get some more Archie and Val in that episode, but, like, let's make a pact that unless Archie does something interesting in the scene, we're just going to be like, whatever, nerd. Yeah, uh, next episode, Archie, uh, it's more about his music, and apparently Archie is afraid of werewolves. We'll talk about that later, though. <laughs> Wait, does that happen? <laughs> I finds, hope so. He finds a werewolf mask that was apparently like part of, like, a Halloween costume. Oh, shit! You're right. Okay, Archie's interesting again. We're gonna we're gonna put that in the lore. Okay, so in the comic we sell, Archie it becomes a lichen, so <laughs> he becomes a werewolf. But like through his positive power of love and like I don't know maybe the blessing of like a goddess of love and like the goddess of love triangles or love squares at this point, Archie Archie manages to tame the beast within. So so Archie is. A low-level bard werewolf that has been blessed with just a an aura mm -hmm, mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. like of, sexual of, attraction. Yeah, of sexy lady attraction. Yes. Okay. Okay. Archie's starting to get more interesting. Okay, so I have a feeling that this podcast is going to spiral out of control because, like, I'm, it's starting to get hard to separate the truth from like our our internal logic. <laughs> Okay, so going going back, going okay, back. Okay, I'm sorry. Now. Okay. Archie wins the captain position, but relents it to Reggie, to saying boy. he can't give it the attention it deserves. Um, Reggie is a little shocked, but then is like, "Yeah, sure, I'll totally be I'll the captain." I'll Whatever. Yeah. Uh, then we get the Jughead log about their secrets of of the blossoms and the Thornhill uh, estate. Um, oh, we've seen the seep into the ground and make their way to, to Riverdale. Um, yeah. He talks about, like, the black, black soil of the Thornhill estate and, like... Yeah. And how how, it's how is there not, like, like, like liches and, and magic in the show yet? Um, She's, she is either a defiler or an arch... Or, like, some sort of dark druid. I'm kind of hoping she's, like, a... Like, some sort of druid lich. Like, I would like to see what kind of druid lich class could be constructed <laughs> yes but um, um before we actually jump to the scene uh where they're actually burying jason um there is this is the i i only want to say it because this is the only time i mentioned archie in all of my notes um the bedroom eyes that val and archie give one another in the silent scene during the jug log oh my god there is some smolder between these two mm. oh my god um, and then the Jug Catalog continues. We get all the clear references to uh, the arch, the archdeacon clearly being some sort of sorcerer king uh, <laughs> defiler. Yes. Um, and then Jason's actual ghost shows up. This is a real ghost, um, listeners. If you don't watch the show and you only listen to us, the ghost is real. I just want you to know that. Uh, and he shows up and he like looks at uh, his sister lover Cheryl. Yes. 
I like to think that Riverdale is now a prequel to Dark Sun, by the way. So there we go. <laughs> yeah, this is this is Athos during the Blue Ages, oh, the Cerulean God. time. <laughs> We're going oh, too my deep. God. We're too deep. These, that is the deepest cut we have had yet. Because even like most Dark Sun fucking players don't understand like Cerulean in reference to the timeline. <laughs> oh God. Uh, Betty and Jughead discuss how her parents lied about Polly and Jug- uh, Polly and Jughead goes to say on goes to say that there could be more that they're lying about. Um, we see uh, Jughead uh, makes Hal the top su- suspect, uh, asking how far he would go to protect Polly. Um, Betty says, uh, whoever stole Sheriff Keller's file wasn't at the drive-in. We see Hal and the Cooper house with files from Sheriff Keller's house. Um, and we learn that he wasn't at the drive-in. Yes. It's all um, but confirmed. And then uh, we see Jughead uh, say that they need to talk to Polly, and they put the Cooper's name up on their murder board. And that's the episode. Oh, Lot- man. Oh. Yeah, this is a dense-ass episode. It was but super dense. It was a good episode, uh-huh. and it also had a lot of room for a lot of goofs and gaffes. Yes, especially uh, with a couple of D&D nerds like us. Oh, my God. Like, if... This podcast is going to have a very specific following <laughs> if it gets successful. There is a lot like you like anime jokes, comic book jokes, dark sun jokes, like it is very niche. Oh, I'm worried about our crossover. <laughs> Jughead's just gonna wander through some door and end up in friggin' sigil. Oh my god. If Betty doesn't become the lady... No, Veronica is the lady of, of pain. Like, let's be real here. <laughs> she becomes the lady of pain. Oh, jeez. Um, oh my god. If that baby that gets birthed isn't, like, part ghoul or what, vampire... What baby, Kyle? What damn baby? it! <laughs> <laughs> Listen... There's an evil inside of Polly. That's all I'm going to say. There's a sickness in there, like Papa said. Papa said it. I'm just quoting him, but um, oh my god. Well, spoiler alert, next episode we're going to learn some interesting stuff about Polly and her sickness. One, that she's apparently a real person. Yeah, she's not the split personality of, of Betty, because man... If we made Betty, like, a master of masks or something like that, like, where she could assume alternate identities, that would be sick. We're going too deep again. (laughs) This is, that one is very deep. Yeah, that's, like, a very obscure splat. Uh, Okay. Oh, my God. Okay. So, So, um... Next time. Predictions, next times. Um, If you want to get in touch with us, uh, please, our Twitter is Blood. Uh, that's at Maple and Blood, spelled out all lowercase, no spaces. Uh, yep. I don't know if Caps has any impact on Twitter. I don't use uh, Twitter. It shouldn't, um, um, but it is altogether. There's no like underscores or anything like that. Yeah, uh, our Gmail is uh, Maple and Blood at Gmail dot com. Um, True. I'm, oh my god, I'm fucking exhausted. <laughs> uh, next episode, uh, next episode title, Chapter Six, Faster Pussycat. Kill, kill. Kill, kill, pussycat. Uh, I'll give you one guess as to who the primary character in this episode is going to be. Oh. It's, it's it's a very humanizing episode for the character that that's, takes center stage. Because oh, yeah, this character hasn't really gotten anything good yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited. Uh, because 
this character does a great job this episode. Yes. Um, I already have notes for this episode, and I'm just going to tell you that there's one note that is just Veronica and then three hearts after it. <laughs> okay, I know. I know the exact part. Uh, okay. I'm ready for this. Um, so, uh, so, yes. Uh, our website is mapleandblood.wordpress.com. You can also find us, I think, at mapleandblood.podbean.com. Um, but go there, uh, leave a, con- uh, a comment. You can also find our, our contact information there. Um, if you have any questions, want to leave any comments, um, if you want to give us your own weird ass theories or, um, D and D classes to Archie characters, oh, feel yeah, free. Please hit us up with your, your highest quality goofs. Like yes. we want to hear them because we want to talk about them too. Oh yes. Um, um, I think, uh, hopefully once we start getting some more comments and, uh, and, and emails and stuff like that, we can just do like an episode where we just talk about that kind of shit. So a hundred percent. Um, I think next episode we're going to shoot for a person, uh, a third wheel, uh, Archie, I'm not Archie, uh, Riverdale has started airing again. Episode eight just came out. Um, mm-hmm. so hopefully we'll be able to shoot these out real, real quick. Um, and we'll be will be good to go from there and we will do that we will transition to weekly uh recaps yes definitely <laughs> nasty you nasty I, I didn't mean to i'm gonna edit that nasty burp out <laughs> okay. um so for maple and blood i have been your ever lovely uh, uh, fuck i had a goof where i was gonna try to like say that i was like channeling kevin or maybe we were like a doppelganger but i've been <laughs> kyle cardi <laughs> You've you've been the 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 familiar of Kevin Keller. I have been Kevin Keller's familiar, Kyle Cardi. <laughs> uh, and I have been the the Lich Master Archdeacon, <laughs> Noah Carden. Thank you for listening. Thank you.